Well, I can't wait until we get popular enough where people will be asking for a live showing. Uh, and they're and like, when we what do live is pie, this? They're like, this is nothing like the <laughs> yeah. episodes. Yeah, nothing yeah. at all. Let me try that again. Welcome back to Mac and Mike in the Morning. My name is Mac. I'm Mike. And we would like to thank you for joining us again this week. Uh, before we jump into things, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, JimmyJobs.me, your place for finding Jimmy Jobs. Thank you, Jimmy Jobs. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> there we go. Um, Mac, you said that you had a ton of topics today. Uh, wow. <laughs> so... Uh, I may have a topic, and that topic will be uh, not having topics. It's a bit of a uh, self-referential. So what happened was I got busy uh, with my work last night, and I was up real late. And so I didn't get a chance to compile a list of topics for today. The word, uh, I have this, um, uh, what's it, feeling. It's not a feeling. It's a... Uh, I oftentimes have a thought that I want to describe, but mm. lack the words to describe it. Uh, That's a called aphasia, which ironically I know the word for <laughs> the word for not knowing words. That's interesting. It's uh, like Neville's remember all how he uh, how he knows he's forgetting something, but he can't remember what he's forgotten. Is that a Harry Potter reference? Is a Harry Potter reference? Yeah. Maybe um, we should talk about Harry Potter. The well, entire episode. yeah. So it sounds like we have two topics on the table for today. We have. Uh, how language affects thought patterns, and we have Harry Potter. Uh, I think our viewers probably want to hear about the first. We can talk about the second because it's quite interesting uh, how language, how Harry Potter is written in the language. That's a, it is interesting. Um, had it been a picture book, probably not as successful. Probably not. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about how language, what, how'd you phrase it? How language affects thought patterns. Like, thought patterns? Yeah. Um, I'll let you start. Okay. So um, how do you, so what do you view the purpose of language? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of a question right. is that? Coming back to language and humans. Okay. Um, uh, uh, I had a, uh, a roommate in grad school, Ben, who would also who would often like get on me because I would never speak in complete sentences. It uh, would just be like words. Yeah. Um, mostly because uh, you know we were uh, good friends in terms of he could understand what I was trying to convey in like two sure. words, right? And that should be to me that's the purpose of language or anything like spoken word or communication is the fact that it's a means of communication. And yeah. the idea being, you know, like people are, you, know, you have these like grammar sticklers. I think David had, had the oh, name for I this. See. I forget what he, uh, oh, you were on the other end of the dinner, but uh, dinner table. Yeah. But um, for those of you wondering, we went out to a team dinner the other night. Right. Uh, thank you, Dr. David Mize. <laughs> for supporting uh, us. He's, yeah. Um, so uh, coming back to it, uh, I'm not a fan at all of grammar at all. Um, because for me, uh, it's how words are put together to convey a thought exactly, mm -hmm. right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, we can't read each other's minds. Well, some of us can't read each other's thoughts, right? And most, so yeah, most, yeah. the way that we need to communicate is through language communication, right? And so mm -hmm. it's pretty interesting to think about um, the words that we pick each day to convey 
either everyday thoughts or even more complicated thoughts. Yeah. Um, and sort of this, like, you know, if you read, you know, 1984 or something, right? They, I think, I may just be making this up about the book, so if I am, I'll cut this out. I've actually never read it, so you're good to just but make up. they've, stuff. like, distilled the language down to, like, 200 words. This actually might be, like, Fahrenheit 451, or one of those. To I'll Kill a Mockingbird, yeah, one but of those. Like, yeah. yeah, they distill the language down to, like, 200, like, words or something, yeah. right? And, like, you don't actually need that many words to describe everyday things, right? And it's a way of, like, con- that the, you know, the government or whatever has decided to control people's thoughts and actions because if you can't express complicated thoughts, then, you know, then part of it is you can't, like, do things like overthrow the government, yeah. which is an interesting, like, you know, uh, I don't know, give and take. Yeah. Um, it's funny, too, because when, uh, you know, giving a real world example, I think, in like China, when uh, the Communist Party took over in like the 40s, right, they've introduced a, there's multiple reasons, I think, as to why I'm not a historian, but like they simplified the Chinese language into a simplified and traditional form, right? And so... Uh, I think Mao was like kind of dumb, so he can, like, <laughs> he couldn't like read the the traditional Chinese, so sure. they simplified it down. And so I think it's part of also, you know, uh, 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 you know, another example of like, you know, simplifying language to control people's thoughts. I don't know. I, I just talked a yeah. lot. So no, there's a, there's actually a lot there. Um, in the words of Mike, let's unpack that. <laughs> um, so I think the first thing that you touched on was the purpose of language, which was to communicate with other humans. And you seem to have brought up some sort of distinction between written and spoken language, right? So you mentioned that uh, spoke, the, the purpose of spoken language is to just convey an idea, thought to other people, and I imagine it's the same for written language. But I found it interesting that you said that you are not a fan of grammar of, of written language because I feel that grammar is... I wouldn't say I'm I'm uh, obsessed with grammar, but I, I would say I'm quite a nitpicky grammarist in that I find that uh, little little nuances can affect how uh, a, a, you know a sentence is formed or how it's read or perceived, right? So like a really a really good example of this is the Oxford comma. Like I am such a stickler <laughs> for the Oxford comma. I'm a huge supporter. Um, because of the, the confusion it causes when you omit it. I don't understand the, the folks who want to push this no Oxford comma business. Okay, I, I completely agree with you. I'll clarify what I said. Okay. Uh, in terms of I am, not, I, am a, I am not a fan of, you know, like nitpicky grammar. Uh, where, I mean, I guess it's a fine line in terms of, like, sure. okay, you, like, you left out. Sure. Uh, I mean, the Oxford comma is funny because I think it's one of the, the most picked up on things. <laughs> yeah. But even something like the subjunctive, right? Hmm. So, like, uh, you know, like, if I was, yeah. if I were, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a little, like, nitpicky because you kind of understand, like, if somebody... Uh, yeah. yeah, or like yeah. Uh, the, the, another one that I like to the, uh, I have a lot of friends who are like this that, that like pick up on this is like at the grocery store it's like yeah. 15 items or less yeah. it's fewer yeah. but because uh, it's innumerable but, I see yeah. yeah it's like things like that where they don't really change the expression right. but also then you could you know uh, on the flip side of that it's like because I'm a massive troll but you know 
the idea of like <laughs> explicitly saying something like, "Oh, look, fifteen items or less," right, is yeah. an expression of trolling. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Even yeah. though I know it's not grammatically yeah. correct. Yeah. Anyways. Interesting. Um, I'll let, I'll come back to you now. No, that, uh, I'm happy you clarified. Sorry, I wasn't trying to pigeonhole you, although it was sort of fun to try and pigeonhole you. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I completely agree with what you're saying about uh, how, like, most of the time you understand what people are trying to get at. Um, and when you're nitpicky about those things, it can detract from, like, the useful communication that would have happened. And I want to bring up, uh, I feel like I, I used to do this quite a bit early on in my career. Like, I had this. Fear, I don't know what it was, but I had this fear of being wrong when I was first, you know, coming into coming into industry. I didn't want to like, you know, say the wrong thing or you know, uh, pretend I knew something that I didn't. So I would often just qualify all of my statements with like I don't know, or when someone would tell me something, I would parse it exactly as it was written and not as they probably intended, and it just caused a lot of friction in like my relationships with my coworkers and uh, just just in general, mm -hmm. uh, um, and sort of, it, it kind of took longer than it should to, to get past that, right? To, to realize that like the, the important part is just figuring out what people are trying to say and, and then acting on that rather than acting on precisely what they're, right. you know, saying. And I actually think that's probably the purpose, now we're talking about the purpose of grammar, mm -hmm. but that's the purpose of grammar, right? The mm -hmm. rules in, to dictate how things should be, you know, how I guess the language should be used for communication, right? right? It's kind of to take away a lot of the ambiguity, right? Which is right. what the Oxford comma is, right? It's it's removing the ambiguity right. from uh, um, you know what you're uh, the apples, oranges, and bananas. Right. Right. Yeah. That was kind of weird. Right? Yeah. It's it's you know it's it's, a, it's basically a, a you know a filler for all of the the nuance and the subtleties you would get from. From spoken communication. I mean, we're, we're not we're not uh, saying anything crazy here. I think everyone no. thinks this is about grammar. I think uh, uh, putting that aside, the the part you brought up about um, controlling language as a means of controlling uh, thought and action is is really interesting. Um, and I unfortunately don't have much to say beyond what you already said, which is that it's an interesting idea, um, and that it seems to be plausible and real. But I also don't have any data to back up. Uh, uh, to back that up, I mean, you mentioned the two, the two anecdotes. Um, I just, yeah, I mean, I guess one fun thing, I, one thing I like to think of is, uh, I don't know if in high school if you had to do these like vocabulary yeah. lists, like you learn learn. Yeah, this. I think the most interesting thing actually, and it, it helped me remember words a lot. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I will just uh, say it's the morning and I'm drinking coffee, so fair enough. Uh, it's also morning is like <laughs> that should be the slogan for our podcast. It helped me remember words a lot. <laughs> anyway, go on, go on, go on. Um, uh, was uh, they would list the word and they would list uh, synonyms uh, yeah. near them, right? Yeah. So something like uh, urbane, which is like one of my favorite words. Mm. Um, it's like sophisticated, or I don't, actually can't list any more synonyms other than that. But it's uh, interesting to, to pick like your favorite word and mm -hmm. then think of a bunch of like synonyms around it or antonyms, right? Sure. And uh, it's interesting to think of, okay, what is the, the, there are two different words, right? They can't mean the same thing or right. else we'd have one word for it. So right. what are the feelings, emotions, actions, or whatever that you associate with one but not the other, even though they're two very similar words? Yeah. It's a pretty cool exercise, yeah. actually. That's very interesting. Uh, so, like, one of them I think of is, um, uh, like, banal or, like, boring, uh, 
which is like it's like okay yeah yeah, yeah they're, they're they're slightly different but and I would use them in different ways sure um, how would you use banal uh ooh. I think I, I uh, like wrote. I used well. That's another okay, word. This is right? <laughs> it, it's it's like those lines, but I feel like they're. Uh, I would rank them in terms of uh, rote, banal, boring. In terms of rote is something like, like very manual. Yeah. I would be doing something over and over and over okay, again. Okay. Banal is a little bit more. I guess. Uh, to describe art, like art as banal, right? So something like like void, empty. Uh, just like. Uninteresting. Pedestrian. They're just like very. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We're just going to go through and list all the synonyms. Your vocabulary is <laughs> yeah. exploding right now. <laughs> but just like uh, very like uh, middle of the line, just like, sure. you know, just like, uh, like it, 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 think of what color would you associate with banal? Sounds like a gray. Like a, yeah, or like a very grayish yellow, right? A yellow, interesting. A grayish yellow, okay. like a yellow that's okay. like very like unsaturated, right? Sure. Not like a bright yellow. Yeah, okay. that's how it's viewed. Okay. But okay. And then boring's like the catch-all. Like you learn that when you're five, I see. maybe three. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what age I start speaking. Yeah, yeah. or learning vocabulary. Uh, five. Yeah, <laughs> five. <laughs> Definitely yeah. five. Yeah. Um, uh, have you seen the the tool Grammarly, by the way? I'm I sure you've gotten not. ads for it on YouTube or. You definitely have seen Grammarly. I just know that people ask, I think, at work if they could use Grammarly. <laughs> really? See this? Oh, yeah. I haven't seen this. No, this is funny. People have like, asked, like, you know, can we use Grammarly? And they're like, no, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> it reads everything. You yeah. Do. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting idea. Uh, that will definitely be uh, one of the more interesting applications of AI once, once it kind of like is up to snuff in terms of... Uh, like re reorganizing and reformatting sentences and in, in, in words, you know, within sentences to better convey, a, you know, a stronger thought or, or a more interesting thought. So, like augmenting the the written word. Yeah, I um, am always cautious about things like this. Okay. So I'll, I'll I'm yeah. gonna go on a, a a rant. Here we go. It's not really a rant, but we um, should uh, we should open this section up with. Uh, and now is time for Mike's rant. <laughs> we need like headings yeah, right, right. for each one of our like rants. Yeah. But um, I, I wonder uh, how these things work. I know nothing about how Grammarly works, but I imagine it uses some sort of, sort of uh, machine learning. That's <laughs> right. air quotes, machine learning, yeah. uh, to fit some model right in terms of like this is what grammar should be. Sure. And uh, uh, I think it's pretty good, probably for technical writing in terms of like I want to convey a thought. A to B, right? I see. So something like I need something to be described exactly, and they teach us teach you this when you know if you take like a technical writing course, yeah. is you know you keep a simple sentence structure, right? Right, you, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know the human mind can only keep like, you know the track of like seven things in flight, so you know use the same word to describe the same thing over mm -hmm. and over, and that's like you know technical writing is pretty boring, and I think that's probably. Uh, a good application of Grammarly. I would hate to use that on like a novel or something that you know requires creativity that doesn't fit like the mold, right? Because yeah. I think as we just said, there are words that convey different things, and it's hard right. for you know uh, a, a model to encapsulate this. And maybe we'll get yeah. there someday, right? Have you? There's I I swear I read somewhere in the blog post or on somewhere. Uh, that they they ran one of these these like enhancers on a book or on you know a short story just to see like what it would turn out or what would turn out when they when they you know ran this thing and apparently it was just nonsense like once you've oh, converted really? all the the verbs and, and nouns to synonyms um, 
you know, it may have been like song lyrics. I, I forget exactly what it was. Uh, I'll look it up after the show. Uh, Michael included uh, at the end. Maybe in, in the show notes. Yeah, show notes. Show notes. <laughs> Maybe we'll take a brief break and talk about our sponsor, www.jimmyjobs.me. Uh, it's my favorite site for movie quotes. Um, I go there uh, anytime I'm like, hmm, I really need a movie quote. I just go there and there's my list of favorite uh, movie quotes. Also, list of favorite movies. Uh, I don't know if you've seen The Secret Life of Walter. Uh, you know what? I so. haven't. I've heard it's good, though. Yeah, it's one of Jimmy Jobs' favorite movies. So wow. be sure to check that out at www.jimmyjobs.me. All right, thanks, Mike. Dot me. <laughs> So the last thing I wanted to say uh, on this topic was sure. um, we probably will cut this out because it's no, 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 yeah, no. but um, uh, I don't know how much you follow sports, um, Ish. but they have like yeah. beat writers that follow like teams. Um, so the same way that there are like uh, uh, beat writers who follow like companies or whatever. Yeah. Um, so they travel with a team and such, and after every game they write a game summary. Mm-hmm. They say like. Uh, so this happened, this happened, this right, happened. Right, right. They actually have AI like that will write these game summaries based on the inputs to the game. Really? Right? So you know how like most games oh, are well, like baseball in particular, I follow the most. So uh, baseball is a pretty structured game yeah. in terms of unlike uh, football where there, or yeah, basketball yeah. where there's action going on, there's yeah. only one action at a time going on in baseball. So mm-hmm. it's pretty structured. Mm-hmm. Um, uh so they found, you know, that it's pretty much like if you read some of these auto-generated stories, they read just like these, yeah. these stories because it's like pretty much uh, there's no st- structure, there's no crea- right. creative structure, right? right? It's just the same. Like you describe what happened. It was like a, a, a kind of like catching like a, a, a lead that kind of catch your attention. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a it's a like yeah, it would be interesting to see what. Uh, I think people are hesitant and probably rightly so to use AI to uh, like write and describe things, sure. but uh, it's a way of, you know, I'd be interested to see what gets taken over. In terms yeah, of, uh, it seems like a, a, a uh, very appropriate tool for some use cases like that. And you know, I'm, I'm actually surprised that people don't just prefer like a table of stats to whatever these beat writers are putting out. Like, is it interesting to read all of the fluff that surrounds the, the content you care about, which is, like, what happened? Well, I think people inherently crave narrative. Oh, I And I think that's what you're seeing in, like, news or sports. They, It's very very boring to hear. This is why, like, Stephen A. Smith has a job. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, like, even if the narrative's not even true, people, like, crave it, right? It's why, yeah. like, you know, uh, what the tabloids are, like, a thing, right? <laughs> it's, like, I just can't, like, I just can't, like, see a sports team and see the inherent action, which is interesting, right? But yeah. what makes it interesting, I think, is, like, a narrative, right? Yeah. In terms of, like, you know, Barry Bonds is chasing the home run record, or Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa are chasing, chasing home run record or something. Yeah, it's just yeah. not the fact that they're are home runs happening, but there's some human element to it. So then is is that part of what gets auto-generated by these algorithms? I think so, right? Is, is the there's, narrative? Yeah, there's like a really funny uh, XKCD, I don't know if you've seen this, the yeah. comic about... Um, uh, they they actually uh, express this where they're like have a sportscaster or whatever and they're like this randomly generated number you know produces like, <laughs> it's pretty good I'll yeah, link it in the show notes yeah. I, I I probably butchered it <laughs> but uh, it, it's exactly that where it's like humans just pick some narrative they go with that may or may not be true or it's like you know some percent true sure and um, that's what's taken and it's it's pretty interesting to think about um, in terms of like what. Mm-hmm. How, like, given some objective event that happened, what is the human narrative that comes out of it? Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, I, I wanted to touch on real quick, you mentioned baseball is a very 
structured sport. And I just wanted to point out, I think this is why for most people, including myself, it is the least interesting of all of the sports. Um, we could just cut that right there. <laughs> <laughs> What's the uh, Jimmy Fallon movie uh, where he's like a baseball fan? Oh, I know what you're talking about uh, with Drew Barrymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a book actually based on a book. Oh, um, Christine would kill me because this is one of her favorites. How is it one of her? She's not a Red Sox fan, is she? No, uh, oh. she just likes the movie. I think she likes Jimmy Fallon. I mean, who oh. doesn't like Jimmy Fallon? It's something like a fever pitch is what it's called. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. What you described about, you know, the atmosphere and it being a familiar environment reminded me exactly of how he has his season tickets and he goes to sit down. He, like, recognizes everyone who's sitting around him. They're all yelling at the players. Like, it seems like a very, uh, uh, like, inclusive is not the right word, but you, you kind of feel like you're part of something. Right, part of a community. Right, yeah. Yeah. But that's it for today. Thanks for joining us. Bye.